1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
0: Hi, welcome into Fantasy Football Sunday. It is Week One of the NFL season. Let's do this. I have I got up at five thirty this morning for no reason really. I did all my preparation over the last two days. Uh, I got here extra early this morning for no real reason. Cause I pretty much had everything done. I'm just ready for football to start. I hope you guys are ready for football to start. Smitty's garage, burger and beer text line, 913-576-7610. text in your lineup questions. I'll try to answer those all throughout the show. Jay Binkley immediately following me at 10 AM. So make sure you're tuned in here as we get ready for NFL week one. But where I wanted to start today's show real quick was with a couple of thoughts on the likely protests we're going to see across all of football today. Uh, to the people who claim they won't watch anymore because players are choosing to use their platform to influence change in the world. I, I just say this is the world that we live in now. So you, you got to learn to live with it. And, and it. and if you don't want to watch football, then we'll see you some other time because we're here to celebrate. We're here to enjoy football and we're here to enjoy these world-class athletes. And that's what it's all about. We get to watch these athletes each and every week perform incredible feats. And we should all be thankful that we get to watch them do this because football is incredible. Fantasy football is a lot of fun. This is what it's all about. And those guys deserve to utilize their platform in any way they choose. No no matter where you fall on on that side of the argument or or whatever, I, I, I just think that, it's important to listen to them and it's important to try to understand where they're coming from, whether or not you agree with the message that they're, that they're trying to send. And I'm thankful that I get to do something as silly as sit here each and every Sunday morning during football season to talk fantasy football with you. So, so let's get to it. Let's go ahead and talk about some fantasy lineups. I'm going to start with the Seattle Seahawks at the Atlanta Falcons. Seahawks played the Falcons last year. Chris Carson had 20 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. There was some worry about his hip injury headed into this year, but he should be fine. And even with Carlos Hyde, Chris Carson's the guy. He should still be the workhorse against a bad Falcons defense. In his final 11 games last year, he had at least 20 carries and eight of them. So, one of the quietest workhorse running backs in the league. I love Chris Carson today. I also love Russell Wilson. He's, of course, in your lineup. And supposedly the Seahawks are more open to letting Russ cook this season so he can actually maybe be in an MVP conversation for once in his life. Let's do it, Pete. We're firing up DK. We're firing up Tyler Lockett. DK likely going against a rookie cornerback. So I love DK Metcalf today. Uh, I'm not trusting Greg Olson or Will Disley just yet. The Seahawks did upgrade their secondary in a significant way, uh, but the run defense was bad last year, allowing the second most rushing touchdowns in the league, and they didn't do much to make it better. Still playing Matt Ryan, who's as consistent as they come in a high-volume Atlanta passing attack, And I do think the secondary is going to maybe cause some problems. Quentin Dunbar, very talented player. They still have Quandre Diggs. They added Jamal Adams on top of Shaq Griffin. The Seahawks secondary is, is good. So I'm interested to see how they look today but you're going to play Julio Jones. You're going to play Calvin Ridley. Who's who's one of the top breakout stars of the fantasy football season. You drafted him high to put him in your lineup. He's likely your wide receiver one or wide receiver two. So of course, Calvin Ridley is in your lineup and Hayden Hurst, one of the most popular sleeper tight ends should see a fair amount of targets. So if you landed him in your draft, go ahead and fire him up. And I'm talking myself into Todd Gurley. Like I, I know that, Everybody was disappointed by him last season. We're thinking that he's washed up. That's why the Rams cut him and Atlanta went out and got him. And he's a lot cheaper now. I still think that Todd Gurley's going to have an opportunity because he just doesn't have anybody behind him in this Atlanta Falcons offense. And the Seahawks just aren't a great run defense. So I still think that Todd Gurley's in for a good game. He is a very intriguing daily play for me this week. The New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. I picked the Bills in the Survivor League. Actually, a lot of us picked the Bills in the Survivor League. So we need Buffalo. You're supposed to be the favorite in that division this year. So we need you to step up. The Jets are one of the three worst teams in the NFL. They got two and 14 written all over them. So Buffalo needs to come out swinging in this one. Uh, But the Jets were actually pretty good against the run last season. They only allowed 12 rushing touchdowns all year, allowing 3.3 yards per carry. It's the second best in the league. I believe that will stay the same this season. They only added depth to their defensive line, but their secondary is going to be absolutely awful. So they might still be good against the run, but their secondary, like if if there's one week, the Buffalo Bills should be able to pass and you should be able to fire up Josh Allen and hope that he's actually going to, you know, look like a competent passing quarterback. It should be this week. So I'm starting Stefan Diggs. John Brown's an intriguing play for me as well. I, I don't know that I'm ready to fire up Cole Beasley in my week one starting lineup, but uh, you know if you're if you're dealing with some of these week one wide receiver injuries, he might be an intriguing option. Uh, Dawson Knox, I gotta see a little bit more of it. He's a talented second year tight end, but i, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put my faith in him just yet. Uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss should share time. It sounds like Singletary's going to be the week one starter. I, I think there's better options out there that that you can fire up in your lineup in week one. So I'm staying away from both of those guys because I do still think this Jets run defense is very good. I'm still playing Le'Veon Bell. He was awful against the Bills last season. Um, Adam Gase has been very negative about Le'Veon Bell all training camp, but you probably got him at a value. Like uh, odds, odds are you got him. You know, maybe as late as the sixth or seventh round in your fantasy draft. So I I, don't, I find it hard to believe that you've got a better running back than Le'Veon Bell to plug into your roster in week one, who's going to get the opportunity. So I'm still playing Bell, uh, e- even though I don't have a ton of faith in him. As far as the Jets pass catchers go, Denzel Mims not going to play in this one. Brashad Perryman and Jameson Crowder are going to be your top pass catchers. Uh, I'm not going near Perryman. He's been he's been hurt all training camp, so I don't trust him at all just yet. I got I got to see it first. And Jamison Crowder should be Sam Darnold's top target. So I'm going to give J- Jamison Crowder an opportunity. And I do love Chris Herndon this year. I-, I just don't love him in week one. He seems like he could be the breakout player of this Jets offense. I know we've been through this before with Chris Herndon, but he's good. And they've been raving about him. Even Adam Gase has been positive about Chris Herndon. And Adam Gase isn't positive about anyone. So... I, I I want Chris Herndon in my on my teams this season. I I just the Bills were good against tight ends last season, so I don't love him in Week One. I do have him in a couple of lineups because I don't have a choice. So we're crossing our fingers today on Chris Herndon. The Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions seems like David Montgomery is gonna go this week, and while I'm a little weary of his groin injury, I find it hard not to start him. Because he just has zero competition for carries, the Lions aren't a great defense. Are likely going to be without rookie cornerback Jeffrey Okuda, so I like David Montgomery this week, and I still like Tariq Cohen. He's going to be. The Lions were particularly bad against pass catching backs, and we know that's going to be the role that he's going to have. And we're looking for this Bears offense to to take a step forward and get back to uh, what they were two years ago. You know, they they were bad last season. Allen Robinson was obviously a bright spot, so Allen Robinson has a ton of potential in week one. So he's obviously in your lineup. And Anthony Miller is a guy who kind of let us down as a second year sleeper last year. He was injured, but then on the back half of the season, he was very productive. He's going to be a very popular sleeper pick this season. I do like Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller in week one against the Detroit lions. I was tempted to reach and take the lions. as my week one survivor pick, but that was before they listed top pass catcher. Kenny Galladay as doubtful with a hamstring injury on Friday. Uh, no, Galladay and it sounds like he's probably not going to go. Makes me a little bit concerned for Stafford. I still expect them to pass a lot, so Marvin Jones is going to be a very popular daily play. Uh, but but the Bears' defense is still good on paper, right? Kyle Fuller's still a good cornerback. So the Lions are intriguing because we know they're going to pass a ton. I don't trust anybody in their backfield. I'm staying away from DeAndre Swift, carry on Johnson, and Adrian Peterson. But Marvin Jones is an intriguing option, along with TJ Hawkinson. I don't know if I'm ready just yet to fire up TJ Hawkinson in week one, but depending on your tight end situation, he still has a lot of upside. The Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings rebuilt their secondary, and there's promise, but Daniil Hunter is also on IR. Uh, He's their best pass rusher. They did add Yannick Ngakwe, so they should still be able to put some pressure on Rodgers. But I still like Rodgers in week one and especially Devontae Adams. We know Devontae Adams is their best pass catcher. They didn't add anybody to compete with Devontae Adams for any of that passing share, so he's absolutely in your lineup. And Alan Lazard is going to be the number two wide receiver, it sounds like, although Aaron Rodgers has been raving about Marquez Valdez Scantling's camp, so he's a guy to keep an eye on as a potential Week 1 waiver ad, but he's not a guy that you should have drafted. He was a huge letdown last season, but Alan Lazard is a guy that, if you're in a pinch, if you're a Cortland Sutton owner, if you're a Mike Evans owner, maybe Alan Lazard's a guy you take a chance on today. I'm not willing to risk uh, a starting spot on Packers rookie running back, A.J. Dillon, but I do like Aaron Jones today. I think you need to put Aaron Jones in your lineup. The Packers run defense was bad last season, so Dalvin Cook coming off that brand new contract is obviously in your lineup. And Adam Thielen, the best wide receiver in this offense, so he's obviously in your lineup. All the Packers were... Decent against opposing wide receivers last season. Thielen's going to be the top target. Uh, You're not starting rookie Justin Jefferson just yet. Reviews about him and camp haven't been exactly great. BC Johnson seems like he's the number two wide receiver in this offense, but I'm not ready to do that. And then Kyle Rudolph and Herb Smith Jr. Herb Smith Jr. is a promising second year tight end, and I love his athleticism. He was actually really, really good in his rookie year, like had unbelievable rookie tight end numbers because we know how much rookie tight ends tend to struggle. And Kyle Rudolph just, you, you know how I feel about Kyle Rudolph. I've been overly negative about Kyle Rudolph for several years now on this show. So I do like Irv Smith as a deep sleeper, but I'd rather avoid him in this week one matchup. Uh, we need to hit a quick timeout. But coming back, we do have a ton more matchups to get to. We're going to be joined by our good friend Ben Heisler from SI.com around 930. And don't forget to text in your lineup questions. I will answer those all throughout the show. Smitty's Garage, Burger and Beer, text line 913-576-7610. But let's get to weather real quick. Storm Warnings with Steve. There isn't a ton we need to be worried about on the week one weather report. The Jets and the Bills could be a wet one, so it does make me a little bit more concerned. You already shouldn't be starting any of these Jets pass catchers, in my opinion, unless it's Jamison Crowder. I still don't love any of them. That does concern me a little bit for Josh Allen, who does struggle with accuracy, but I think you still have to fire up Stefan Diggs against this awful Jets secondary. And the Colts and Jags could see some rain as well. But other than that, uh, we should be in for a pretty solid fantasy football week one. Need to hit a quick timeout, but when we get back, we got our goal line goat. Fantasy Football Sunday with Steven Serta. Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. I am your host, Steven Serta. You can follow me on Twitter at Steven Serta. I will answer any and all of your fantasy football questions ahead of today's NFL Week 1 kickoff. You can also follow the station at 610 Sports KC. Smee's Garage Burger and Beer text line 913 576 7610. Text me in your lineup questions. I will answer those all throughout the show. We're on the air until 10 a.m., then Jay Binkley takes over. And at noon, Vern takes over. It's Royals and Pirates. So while you're watching Red Zone all day today, make sure you turn on your radio and you still check out the Royals. Cause I know they're not gonna, they're not winning much this year, but they're still intriguing. There's still some young talent on the team. So we want you to tune in for that, of course. And every Monday here on 610 Sports Radio, I don't know if you guys know this, but we are now the radio broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're going to have Andy Reed's exclusive press conferences each and every day on Cody and gold each and every Monday, I should say on Cody and gold, but we've also got a fantastic football lineup, all football season Fesco in the mornings, got Derek Johnson, every Monday at seven 30, Hughes, new co- new radio color analyst for the Kansas city chiefs. Danon's going to absolutely crush that thing. I hope you guys were listening to him on Thursday night and the chiefs win over the Texans. We got bill Moss every Monday at 11. And the drive exclusive one-on-one with Patrick Mahomes each and every Monday. So this is where you need to be tuned in for all of our chiefs coverage, because we are doing it better than anybody in the city right now. Go line goat. I think it's gotta be James Conner this week. The giants, not the, uh, the giants defense is just atrocious and Mike Tomlin confirmed James Conner is their workhorse. He's got a chance at a top five finish. So fire him up while he's healthy. I absolutely love James Conner this week. You know, you're not going to get that many games out of him in all likelihood because he struggles to stay healthy. So you got to fire him up in your lineup while he is their workhorse running back. Loud wrong. I haven't really had a chance to be wrong just yet but I suppose I'll, I'll take one for the Texans lousy offensive performance on Thursday. I really had higher hopes for that game. I, I did think that it was going to be a shootout, but I I should have, I should have I, I trusted my, my, my better judgment a little bit more. I, I shouldn't have believed in, in bill on opening night against the Kansas city chiefs because that Texans offense, I know, I know the score wound up being fairly close, but they just did not look good. Uh, You know, there, there's some promise there with David Johnson. If you landed him in your fantasy football leagues and will Fuller is going to be the top target. He had like over a 30% target share. So I still like will Fuller. It's just that they looked like they did not have a number one wide receiver on that roster. Like I I understand that it's just week one. Will Fuller had over a hundred yards in that game but he was just getting targeted like crazy because they didn't have anybody else who was consistent. I still think Brandon cooks is going to have some fantasy value and same goes for Randall Cobb. Those guys just aren't Deandre Hopkins. Like, they, they they let Deandre Hopkins go and they are paying the price for it. Now, the best thing that can happen to Deshaun Watson this season is the Texans go six and 10 and they move on from Bill O'Brien.
1: All birds.
0: I hope you guys are firing up your daily lineups. I've got, a lot of them out there. As it turns out, I hadn't been signed in to my to uh, some of my daily accounts in, since last season. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm a football guy. You know, I, I love basketball. Uh, you know, you know. If you listen to me on 610 Sports Radio, I'm not much of a baseball guy. Uh, but as far as my gambling goes, it's pretty much just football season for me. I try to save up my money all year long so I can spend it during football season. There's a ton of great matchups today, a ton of great fantasy matchups today, but my premium daily lineup, I love Cam Newton in his premiere. I I, I have Cam Newton in almost every one of my fantasy leagues because I was drafting a little early this year because, you know, the pandemic. So we were doing fantasy drafts over Zoom. So I did a lot of my drafts earlier on than I normally like to, but that was before they confirmed Cam Newton as a starting quarterback. So I was getting Cam Newton everywhere in like the 14th round. So I've got Cam Newton all over the place. I've got really high hopes for him in week one. I also like Marlon Mack. A lot of people are going to be on the Jonathan Taylor bandwagon, and I think you can start both of them today, but they're going against one of the worst defenses in the NFL and a team that is absolutely tanking in the Jacksonville Jaguars and head coach Frank Reich has raved about Marlon Mack. He said that Marlon Mack is a starter and Jonathan Taylor is going to spell him. So I think that Jonathan Taylor is probably it is the more talented running back, but I think week one, Marlon Mack is going to be a value that you can plug into your lineup. I also really love Josh Jacobs. He's got a fantastic matchup. He's going to be one of the most popular picks today, and I'm taking a chance on Deshaun Jackson. He's had success against Washington his former team. And last season when he did play, although it was cut very short by injury, he was, an, he was still an explosive wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I don't want to trust Jalen Rieger just yet, so I do like Deshaun Jackson week one. And I'm going to go ahead and roll out Marvin Jones. No Kenny Galladay in this one. He's It's still a tough matchup. On paper, but Marvin Jones has found a way to produce when he's been the top target in that offense. I'm also rolling with Julio Jones. I know the Seahawks secondary is much improved, but Julio is still going to get a ton of targets in a high volume passing offense. I still like Julio a lot. And I'm going to take Hayden Hurst in this one. Seattle was bad against tight ends last season. Hayden Hurst is a sleeper tight end. I dig Hayden Hurst a lot in week one and DJ Chark. I love, love, love DJ Chark so much. I know the Jags are tanking. I know they're a bad team. I still like Gardner Minshew this year in fantasy. They're going to have to pass a ton. And DJ Chark is the bona fide number one wide receiver in that offense. He's going to get a ton of targets. He's incredibly talented. They're going to be a bad football team. So DJ Chark is going to have an opportunity to score a lot of fantasy points. And I'm rolling with the Ravens defense. The Ravens defense is one of the best defenses in the NFL. And they're going against the Cleveland Browns. So I still like the Ravens matchup today a ton. Uh, Again, Smitty's Garage, Burger and Beer, text line 913-576-7610. Text in your lineup questions. I'll continue to answer those all throughout the show. Let's get back into a couple of matchups. The Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. I still love Cam Newton, but we can throw out the stats when it comes to Miami's defense from last season. They were bad but they spent a ton of money and rebuilt that side of the ball. So I think it's better than we are giving them credit for. Uh, I still think they're going to struggle up front. They don't have much of a pass rush. I don't think they're going to get a ton of penetration or anything like that. So I still think there's opportunity, but I do think their secondary should be much improved. Um, I don't like the new England Patriots running backs at all. Damian Harris, who was a popular uh, sleeper pick wound up getting injured and he's going to be out for a while. He's going to miss some time. So it's going to be Rex Burkhead, Sony, Michelle, James White. Uh, I think James White is the only guy that I would be interested in plugging into my lineup. Dolphins weren't particularly good against pass catching running backs last season. I don't think that that part of their defense is much improved. So I still think that White's going to have an opportunity. Uh, But I, I, as I mentioned, I still love Cam Newton. I think Edelman is a guy that you can go ahead and fire up and put into your lineup. He's going to be Cam Newton's top pass catcher. He's going to be his safety blanket because they don't really have that safety option at tight end. Uh, Nikhil Harry is questionable, but it sounds like he's going to play. I got to see it from him first. I got, I got to see something from Nikhil Harry before I'm willing to put him in my lineup. The Patriots did lose significant defensive players, uh, but I I still don't love Jordan Howard this week. He's the dolphins early down back. He's going to be mixed in with Matt Breida. And so they're both going to have fantasy value this week. I think Jordan Howard does moving forward have a safe fantasy floor where he's going to get 12 to 15 touches each and every week. He's not going to be a a smash pick where I think he's going to go for, you know, 152 yards and two touchdowns any week, but I feel like on a as a bye week fill-in as as a team that's dealing with a lot of injuries or something like that. If you're a Miles Sanders owner and Jordan Howard's floating around out there, Jordan Howard's a guy I would go out and pick up because he's just he's just going to be a safe backup option. He's not, he's not thrilling, but he's going to give you an opportunity. Just you, you can't have zeros in your lineup. And I think he's got a good opportunity to just never be a zero. Um, as far as Ryan Fitzpatrick goes, you know, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, I love the dolphins offense. It, it's one of my favorite value offenses in all of fantasy football. I'm not starting Fitz magic week one, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on him because I do think this Dolphins team is going to be much, much improved. I, I think that they're going to be a lot better than we think they're going to be. Devontae Parker coming off of a breakout year, uh, young, young second-year wide receiver, Preston Williams has a ton of promise. I really like both of those guys. Um, I don't love them today. Parker did roast Stefan Gilmore last season. So I, I think that depending on where you got Parker in your draft, you probably have to put him in your season-long lineup. Uh, so I, I'm totally fine with it, but I, I would expect Stefan Gilmore to... To probably be mindful of that roasting that he got last season, so I don't know if I'd bank on Devonte Parker going off today. Uh, Mike Jasiki is interesting. That's where the Patriots did struggle a little bit against pass catchers last year, and he had a couple good games against them. And he's a super athletic sleeper tight end, so I wouldn't be mad if you decided to deploy him into your lineup. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Football Team. Miles Sanders is officially out Week One. Uh, came down late yesterday. Uh, He did not travel with the team to Washington. It's a a super bummer uh, because Miles Sanders is a very, very talented player. He was supposed to be finally, finally, the Eagles behind that great offensive line have a number one running back. They're going to rely on week in and week out instead of having this running back by committee that they've had under Doug Peterson, but he's out week one. You got to fire up Boston Scott. I have Miles Sanders in a couple leagues. I have Boston Scott in both of those leagues because luckily Miles Sanders has been injured for quite some time. Now he's been dealing with it for several weeks. So boss. So I was doing drafts at that time. So I was able to land Boston Scott in multiple leaves. Scott was really good last season when he was in the lineup. So I think he's in for a good game today against a bad Washington defense. And he's going to be a, a beautiful, beautiful daily play this week. Uh, rookie wide receiver, Jalen Rieger, who everyone's got high, high hopes for to potentially take over as the Eagles top wide receiver. Is likely to play, but he's been dealing with an injury since last week. And so he was super questionable heading in this. They thought he was going to possibly miss a couple of weeks, but now it sounds like he is going to play. Even going against a bad Washington secondary, I don't think I'm ready to fire him up. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, and I hope he does. I've got him in, I've got him in our guillotine league here at 6'10". So I, I hope that he does wind up performing. But I, I'm still going to buy into Deshaun Jackson, even with Jalen Rieger playing this week. Deshaun Jackson was really good last season in the, in the very, very small sample size. The Eagles just d- didn't have a, a big deep threat. He he was their deep threat last season. So I think he's still going to have an opportunity to do that this year. And Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard Zach Ertz had some very negative things to say about the Eagles this week. He's not happy with it, the, with their negotiating tactics on his contract saying he's going to play this season. Like it's his last year in Philadelphia. And it might be Dallas Goddard's a very talented tight end. And so I don't think that they cancel each other out as much as most. Ertz is still going to get a ton of targets. I wasn't drafting Ertz in a lot of leagues because I like Zach Ertz. He's talented and he's consistent. He just doesn't give you those George Kittle, Travis Kelsey numbers. Like he just gets a ton of targets, but he's not super efficient with those targets. But I do like him a lot today. I think he's angry at the Eagles. I think he's going to go to Carson Wentz, who he has a really good relationship with. And he's just going to be like, feed me. I I need, I need you to feed me. I need to go off today so I can prove to them that they're making a mistake by not, by not paying me. Uh, As far as Washington goes, Terry is obviously getting the start. I'm a little worried. He's going to see Darius Slay for most of the game, but Terry's unbelievably talented. I love Terry McLaurin. I'm putting him in all of my lineups. Even if he's going to see Darius Slay, I think he's going to be fantastic. Uh, I I still think that he, he's going to get all of the looks in that offense. And then as far as rookie running back Antonio Gibson goes, um, he should have all the opportunity in the world, but they're acting like they're going to play JD McKissick and Peyton Barber. Uh, Bryce love might be mixed in. So we just don't know what Antonio Gibson's workload is. And so early on in the draft season, you're getting Antonio Gibson at a really good value. Then he shot up draft boards and people were taking him as high as the third round. So if you did a draft late and you had decided to take Antonio Gibson in the third round, you probably have to play him and hope for the best. So we'll see how that goes. I still like Antonio Gibson. I would just, if I, if I can, I would like to see how that goes before I fire him up into my lineups. Uh, Again, Smitty's Garage, Burger and Beer, text line 6930 er, or 913-576-7610. That's the old text line number, but uh, let's hit a quick timeout. When we get back, SI.com's Ben Heisler joins us for some fantasy advice. Fantasy Football Sunday with Steven Serta. Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. Each and every week throughout the football season at 9.30 a.m. We are joined by my good friend Ben Heisler, fantasy expert, gambling expert, SI.com. Follow him on Twitter at Benny Heiss.
1: It's week one, heist. What's going on? What's happening, Serta? We have finally arrived at week one. I will not lie to you. Uh, A couple months ago, if you would ask, hey, is uh, week one probably going to happen? I would have said, yeah, probably not. I just don't think we can get there. But sure enough, I was wrong, and I am thrilled to be wrong because we have football today and all day today and tomorrow.
0: Yeah, well, what we saw yesterday from these Florida State fans and their (laughs) Lack of social distancing, lack of masks. I don't know how much longer I feel confident that we're going to get football, <laughs> but at least, at least the NFL for the most part is avoiding the fans. So, so correct. So I'm, yeah, I, I'm I, confident there at least.
1: I, I I think that's probably a fair assessment. Yeah. I I had strong convictions that college football probably shouldn't happen this year for those very reasons. Again, I was happy that it did. Had a couple of bets come through. Uh, one of those was not Kansas State. So that's a conversation for another time. But, yes, it's gotten to this point. In fact, I give the NFL a lot of credit. They've actually had solid social distancing plans in place. Their practice facilities have been ready. But nobody's traveled yet. And so that's what I think is going to be one of the key storylines, is, like, trying to figure out – home field advantage and what it actually represents and how nervous a lot of these teams and players and organizations are going to be now that they're on the road and how that's going to change from their everyday lifestyle and activity, which they've been so used to over the last several weeks.
0: Yeah. And this week, all fantasy owners, like, you know, there's a lot of injuries that we're going to get to here in a second that you got to pay attention to, but this week, the way this week kind of goes with the COVID protocols, and the testing and stuff like that is going to say a lot after all these teams actually play games. like I, I've been kind of worried about the Chiefs and Texans. Like, what are we going to do if, like, seven people test positive after this game on Thursday night, and then we have right. no idea what's going to happen next week?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out, too. And it's all about just making sure that whatever bubble you kind of keep yourselves in, you're able to stay there and um, that all the testing comes through all right. You know, there's been, there's been a lot of reports too uh, uh, on local news and also national news that, that uh, the face shields, the uh, you know foggy face shields that Andy Reid was wearing, uh, don't particularly work well. That they say that if you're going to wear one, you should also wear one with a mask. So, uh, Andy, just uh, just be careful, man, because uh, I know that uh, things are already getting a little bit rough from the lines. but. Uh, we need you to stay safe
0: as well. Yeah, they they got to figure something else out with that, with that <laughs> face shield for Andy. But, that was uh, my week
1: one MVP, by the way, the face shield.
0: Yeah, no, it was fantastic. I, I got a lot of good laughs at it. I enjoyed all the Iron Man memes, and Andy was even even joking around about it after the game. So I, I don't, I won't mind it if he continues to wear that. But they gotta, they gotta get him some wipers or or something. They gotta figure that. Out. <laughs>
1: Would actually be just a genius gimmick, like like brought to you by Michelin, like the Andy Reid <laughs> yeah. face shield wipers. that's, yeah, that's just, brilliant. Just Good get, marketing by you, sir. Yeah,
0: get Andy an endorsement out of this thing. But <laughs> uh, so there are a lot of injuries fantasy wise today that we really got to pay attention to. Uh, it sounds like Bucks wide receiver Mike Evans, who is probably a your wide receiver one in most of your lineups. Sounds like he's going to go today against New Orleans. I've got him in one league, but I'm still going to bench him because yeah. he did have a zero-catch game against New Orleans last season. I, and he was doubtful, then he was questionable. Now he's playing. like All of that makes me skeptical that he's anywhere near 100%. Yeah,
1: he's not going to be 100%. It feels very much like a smokescreen to me. And if anything, you know, it's not if the Bucks don't have other talented weapons to get the ball to. Uh, you still have Chris Godwin, who's probably going to be peppered with anywhere between 10 and 14 targets. He's a great start today, uh, in the middle of the field against New Orleans. Uh, you know, you still have the return of Rob Gronkowski, who according to, you know, most reports coming from Bruce Arians, uh, looks like he did from five years ago. Now, I'm not necessarily buying on it, but, uh, I will say that that's fairly encouraging to hear, uh, for those that have Tom Brady rostered on their teams, um, as well as several other Bucs players. The more that, that offense starts to look like, you know, a former Patriots offense over the last four or five years, that's a very encouraging sign. Um, But yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for, for Mike Evans. uh, If you have him on your team to play him, Uh, the matchup against Marshawn Lattimore is one of the toughest in the league. He's had his number before. Now Evans could go out there and and catch a 50, 50 ball in the end zone, still end up having a decent week one. But uh, I think if you have other options, if you feel comfortable about some of your other wide receivers, uh, yeah, I would say Mike Evans and, and also Amari Cooper, not necessarily dealing with injuries this week, but just a terrible, terrible matchup uh, being shadowed by Jalen Ramsey in the Sunday night game. So even when, if you drafted these guys it's your wide receiver ones, I think you still have to be taking into consideration if it's a really, really difficult matchup and if the depth on your bench allows you to have some versatility and flexibility.
0: And the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday announced that running back Miles Sanders is actually going to be out. Week one, which is uh, which is probably a blow to a lot of your fantasy rosters. Hopefully you drafted Boston Scott. I've got Boston Scott in a couple of leagues. I'm absolutely firing him up. Uh, but rookie wide receiver Jalen Rieger, who everybody's got high hopes for, also questionable. He's expected to play, but he hasn't been practicing as much. So are you in on the Deshaun Jackson hype train this week? I was at the
1: beginning of the week. And if anything, I think from just, the ability to get a big play against Washington—it's always in play. But now the fact that Rager is likely going to be in the lineup, um, I'm not as high on Deshaun Jackson as I was at the beginning. Because it's me to for me to feel really secure about him, it's about volume and opportunity. Remember last week, Week One, he was the you know the Week One wide receiver MVP, had a couple of touchdowns, a uh, big game in Week One. I think it was also against Washington, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, at home. So he plays them very well over the course of his career, but um, you know, I, I think he's probably going to be one of the chalk wide receivers on, on a you know, site like DraftKings this week. I think he's in play in season long, but the fact that Rager is going to be back and they still are going to be using a lot of these two tight end sets with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard in the mix as well. Uh, they still have Greg Ward in the slot, JJ Arcega-Whiteside as a pair along on the outside as well. Um, I, I feel good about somebody like Deshaun Jackson. I just don't feel with as much conviction as I had at the beginning of the week when I thought he was going to be the only wide receiver on the field.
0: And it's worth mentioning about Zach Ertz this week. He had some pretty negative comments about the Eagles and their current contract negotiations with him. Yeah. So he could easily go to Carson Wentz and be like, yo, yo, dog, I I need 20 targets this week. Like, <laughs> I, I'm going to make them regret not paying me the way I deserve to be paid. So Zach Ertz is a guy that I do still like a lot. I'm probably going to fire up Deshaun Jackson in a couple of lineups. Uh, but another chalk play is going to be Detroit Lions wide receiver Marvin Jones. Kenny Galladay is doubtful for this one. It doesn't sound like he's going to go. How do you feel about Jones as opposed to Jackson?
1: Um, not great because I still believe in the Bears' defense. I, I think Kyle Fuller um, is likely going to get Marvin Jones. Um, and I think that's bad news from Marvin Jones. Now, if you, if you would have told me um, you know, that Galladay was playing, then I'd feel better about it, actually, because uh, he's likely lining up against Jalen Johnson, who's their second-round draft pick out of Utah, um, who, who's also somebody that I'm very high on, but it's also his first NFL game against a pretty talented offense. And remember, Matthew Stafford was on pace to lead the NFL in touchdown passes a season ago before he ended up getting hurt in the middle of the season. So um, their offense is going to be fine, especially from a passing game standpoint. I think T.J. Hawkinson is in line for a really solid year. I'm not necessarily sure who in the middle of the field is going to be able to contain him. The Bears have some of the best linebackers in the NFL, but uh, T.J. Hawkinson is an absolute beast, and I think having a full year to really develop is going to help him. So if there's any plays on the Lions that I actually do like today, it's probably more so Hawkinson uh, than it is for Marvin Jones.
0: And Broncos wide receiver Cortland Sutton is in serious doubt for Monday night. It's already a brutal matchup. You, you can't risk playing Sutton this
1: week, right? I don't think so. Um, you know, if you have Jerry Judy, I think he's in play. In fact, Judy was somebody that I kind of felt was was not getting the love that he deserves, considering that I thought he was one of the best route runners in all of college football last year. I think he's just a really good fit in the style of offense that Denver plays. Like To me, he seems like the type of guy... That could lead the team most weeks in targets, even if it's not necessarily, uh, in yards. Like Sutton still has that big playability. KJ Hamler's got outstanding speed. Noah Fans is a great yards after catch guy. But but Judy is going to see a bunch of volume, I think, in this offense. So, um, I don't know if this sort of catapults him into maybe wide receiver three category. Uh, if you drafted him late, I think he's in play, but, uh, this just doesn't feel like an ideal spot to go ahead and, and throw somebody like Sutton, especially with, with how much better Tennessee improved against the pass a season ago before he used to be able to pick on them in the passing game. Uh, not so much the case anymore. So I'm probably staying away from Cortland Sutton. Just I'm not sure why you roll him out when he's not close to hundred percent.
0: Yeah, in a in a deep dynasty league, I've got Mike Evans and Cortland Sutton. So in mm. their place I am starting Van Jefferson, Jerry Judy, Paris Campbell. Like I, I'm going all young wide receivers across the board. And just crossing my fingers, I do think Jerry Judy's going to have a, an opportunity to really produce in Week One. So I do like Jerry yeah. Judy a
1: lot. That's a high, that's a high upside lineup, though, sir. They're like <laughs> yeah. if they all come through, that's... especially as young rookie wide receivers. You're looking, and uh, you might be sitting pretty after that. So good
0: yeah. luck. Yeah, I'm playing the long game with these with these rookie wide receivers. My team's not that good. I, I'm just <laughs> going for it all Week One. Gonna see what happens. Um, but. Speaking of some of these young rookie players, uh, there's a ton of rookie running backs this week that are super tempting to play. I'm not starting a lot of them because I I just want to see their role first. I'm curious, out of any of the top rookie backs, if there's any ones that you're ready to just fire up week one.
1: Um, I I think the safest play of the week is probably Antonio Gibson going up against Philadelphia today. I I think it's a solid matchup for him. They're six-point underdogs at home. So the game script would likely indicate that he's going to get plenty of volume in the passing game. Uh, the problem is that Washington still has a few guys ahead of him. JD McKissick is still hanging around. He kind of does a lot of the same things. You know, uh, Bryce Love might get some opportunity in the running game as well. Uh, remember Pete Barber is still there, just sort of plodding along. Maybe he steals and vultures a, a goal line opportunity. Um, but everybody else, I, I just, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, the Colts are an interesting opportunity because they're playing Jacksonville. Uh, the Jaguars could go in 16. They're atrocious this year. They got, you know, Minshew and DJ Shark and, you know, James Robinson and Chris Thompson on the offensive side of the ball, and that's pretty much it. Uh, but their defense isn't going to stop anybody, and the Colts' offensive line should just pound them into the ground. So that's part of the reason why I'm big on Marlon Mack today, uh, even though long term I'm much higher on Jonathan Taylor. But you know, one of the biggest questions, sort of, we were talking about this off the air, is do you play Taylor, even though he's, you know, second on the depth chart right now? Is this going to be a Marlon Mack game? Do they give him the volume before eventually Taylor takes over? Or do they share the wealth a little bit? I think Taylor, you can start him. You can feel okay about it because he will get some volume. But um, as far as him and J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers, which is guys that are ahead of him right now, that I don't feel secure saying, they are the guy. There's no Clyde Edwards-Alaire that's atop the, the depth chart for a lot of these rookie running backs right now where there's nobody else to get in the way.
0: Yeah, I think we just have to wait and see. I am with you on Taylor against Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is going to be that team you just you just deploy everybody this right. this season and hope for the best because they're just going to be a god-awful team. But uh, you can find all of his fantastic fantasy content on SI.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Benny Heiss. Thanks, Ice. We'll catch up with you next week.
1: All right, Good luck in week one, man.
0: Coming up next, we're going to get a little sports horny with our top-off player of the week. Fantasy Football Sunday with Steven Serta.
1: Top-off player of the week.
0: It's week one. Let's get crazy. I'm picking two players from the same game for the top-off player of the week. DJ Moore is one of my absolute favorite targets in every league this year. The Panthers defense going to be trash, but their offense should be really exciting. I know Teddy's not not a big, a deep threat guy. He's not a guy you got to worry about slinging it deep downfield, but DJ Moore is a super, super talented wide receiver. Who's only 23 years old. And he's already headed into his third season in the NFL had a breakout year last year. A new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, is one of the most interesting offensive minds in the NFL right now. I absolutely love the Panthers offense. I absolutely love DJ Moore going against the Las Vegas Raiders. I think he's ready to explode. I also love Henry Ruggs today. You know, the the, the camp reviews have been about Brian Edwards and and Ruggs has struggled a little bit. Henry Ruggs is going to be just fine. Henry Ruggs is going to be one of the most explosive players in the NFL and he's not just a deep threat. Like he's a better route runner than we give him credit for. They're going to try to just get him in open space and let him take off and the Panthers defense is garbage. So I love Henry Ruggs today and I love DJ Moore. They're two of my absolute favorite plays. I've got them in multiple lineups across the board. Let's get to the soft hands catch of the week. Soft hands catch I absolutely love DJ Chark this week. The Jacks are going to be bad. I, I've already discussed that. But DJ Chark is a legit wide receiver, one who's going to get a ton of targets with Gardner Minshew. Uh, they, they've already been raving about that connection in camp. We saw it last season. Uh, Chark was one of the best wide receivers in all of fantasy football last season prior to injuring his ankle late in the year. And then after he injured the ankle, he kind of struggled down the stretch. But before that he was a legitimate top 10 wide receiver. And I think he's got that upside this season. He's only had He's he's only 23 years old headed into year number three. I think shark is a legitimate superstar caliber player. I absolutely love him today going against a Colt secondary. That is questionable. And, and, as I mentioned, the Jags defense might be the worst defense in the NFL. They're going to be down. They're going to have to throw. Chark is going to get a ton of volume. I absolutely love him today, but let's try to burn through some of these matchups before we get out of here. Jay Binkley coming up in about 10 minutes. Uh again, Las Vegas Raiders at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers had the worst run defense in the NFL last season, and it doesn't really look better this year. So I love Josh Jacobs. He's a wonderful star today. I just told you how much I like Henry Ruggs. And Brian Edwards is 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 interesting. He's a very, very deep league dart throw, though, in, in week one. I'm not ready to fire him up just yet. But I don't hate Derek Carr. Like if you got questions at your quarterback, I, I, you're probably not starting Derek Carr in any of your season long lineups but I, I think Derek Carr is an intriguing daily play and, and uh me, me and Heiser didn't talk about it on the show but he actually wrote an article this week discussing how the Raiders and Panthers game is a very cheap daily stack option I really like the upside in this game uh so I've been talking this matchup up all week it's it's one of the best value stacks across the board and of course Darren Wallace in your lineup he's gonna get a ton of targets. CMC I don't need to talk that much about Christian McCaffrey he's in your lineup Teddy also an intriguing daily quarterback today I think Teddy's got a chance to absolutely go off in this one DJ Moore, incredible value he's a great young wide receiver and an incredible matchup I also like Robbie Anderson as a dart throw uh, the camp reviews on Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson they have said Robbie Anderson has been the clear number two wide receiver and the clearly better wide receiver so Curtis Samuel the reviews have been awfully, awfully negative about him in camp this season. Uh, Ian Thomas is a dart throw, uh, but but the Raiders defense uh, w- was pretty bad against tight ends last season. So uh, so Ian Thomas could be somebody that you consider today, but I, I have to imagine you got a better option to take a chance on. Uh, I love Gardner Minshew in the Colts and Jags matchup, and it, it's not because of the stash or the personality. The Colts struggled against pass catching backs last season, so I think there's a ton of upside with Chris Thompson if you've got him in your lineup today. He's not, he's not my favorite like like boston scott like i wouldn't want to put chris thompson in over boston scott but if you can't get boston scott or if you can't find a way to to budget him into your lineup i think chris thompson's a, a, another value back that could have a lot of upside uh, Levitsky chenault has received very promising camp reviews but i'm not ready to fire him up in week 1 just yet uh dj chark obviously in your lineup um as far as james robinson goes i know he's been getting a lot of fantasy love all week long. I picked him up in a couple of leagues, but I, I, I'm going to wait and see because I, I, I just don't believe that the Jacks are going to be able to run the football that effectively. And I think they're going to be behind. They're going to be behind. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. So James Robinson's not a guy I'm willing to start in week one. I do love Phil this week. If I love all the Colts pass catchers, I have to love Phillip rivers. Jags secondary is absolutely awful. T Y and Phil have developed a pretty good chemistry in training camp. So I love T Y Hilton today and rivers has been raving in camp and the Colts have been raving in camp about Paris Campbell. He's one of my absolute favorite sleepers. I've got Paris Campbell everywhere because you could get him in the 14th round of your fantasy drafts is a super deep sleeper. I think Paris Campbell is going to be a really, really good player. I, I would love to see him break out in week one and, and Jack Doyle it- it- he's not an exciting play, but they've really been talking up his chemistry with river. So, so Jack Doyle's a guy, if you're in a pinch, you could take a look at him, Michael Pittman jr. We got to see it from him. He struggled in training camp with drops. So he he's, he's, he's fighting Zach Pascal is the third wide receiver on the depth chart. Not starting Michael Pittman under any circumstance this week. And I think Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor are both potential starts in your lineup. I've got Marlon Mack in multiple lineups because head coach Frank Wright keeps raving about Marlon Mack. So I think I'd rather play him over Taylor in week one, but I think you can fire them both up. The Baltimore Ravens at the, or the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens, right? You, you ride with Lamar. And Hollywood's in a smash spot. I love Hollywood Brown today. The Browns are going to be missing two starting cornerbacks. Hollywood Brown probably still going to see Denzel Ward a lot, and we know Denzel Ward is a baller. So I still like Hollywood. I'm still putting him in my lineup, but that might be a difficult matchup. I love Mark Andrews, however, though. Uh, Mark Andrews is going to get a ton of targets today. As far as the Ravens running game goes. Mark Ingram's absolutely in your lineup. I want to start J.K. Dobbins so bad. I I have him in a couple leagues. I want to fire him up in my lineup. And it's not even because they listed him as the fourth running back on the death chart. I don't even care about that. That means absolutely nothing. I just got to see it first. I can't plug him into my lineup, and then he gets... 10 snaps and, and gets like one carry. I I, I just can't do that in week one. It's week one of the season. I want to get off to a good start. I I can't take the chance on Dobbins in week one. And and miles Boykin is, is an intriguing uh, waiver wire guy to keep an eye on, but uh, I'm not starting him in my week one lineup. Uh, I'm not starting Baker week one against one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. Although it is worth noting that the Ravens added Jimmy Smith to their injury report this morning. So that that's something to keep an eye on, but I still don't want to start Baker. Uh, I I think you have to start Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb did go off on the, on the Ravens in one game last season, although it was early in the year before they made some trades that really updated their defense, but he did have 165 yards and three touchdowns in one game against the Ravens last season. So I think you have to start him. I think Kareem hunt is still a flex shot flex option in deeper leagues. He's going to have opportunity. They said he's going to be the clear, uh, passing down running back. And we know that Kevin Stefanski is going to feed his running backs. I think Odell and, and Jarvis can be in your lineup. Although it is a tough one. I I think they're going to have to throw the ball in this one. And I'm interested to see if, you know, Odell being healthy, if that's, if that's really what the problem was last season. So I think Odell has to be in your lineup and Austin Hooper can be in your lineup, but the Ravens were really good against tight ends last season. So he's got an opportunity, but I don't, I don't love Austin Hooper, Uh, the chargers and the Bengals. Chargers are already dealing with a ton of injuries, but I think you have to put Austin Eckler in your lineup. You drafted him too high and he's really talented. Keenan Allen's the only viable wide receiver because Mike Williams is probably going to go, but he's been dealing with a serious injury and I don't know how healthy he is. So I'm not, I'm not thrilled about it, but I do like Hunter Henry a lot. Bengals defense still super questionable. So Hunter Henry, I think needs to be in all of your lineups. Uh, I'm not willing to take the chance on Tyrod in week one in most of my lineups, but he is an intriguing, uh, You know, contrarian daily quarterback and Josh Kelly is a week one waiver watch. You got to keep an eye out for him. He could wind up being the number two back in that offense. The Bengals are an intriguing but tough matchup. I love Joe Burrow. I'm going to be paying really close attention in this matchup. I can't start Joe Burrow in week one, though. You're going to start Joe Mixon because he's going to have a ton of work. Obviously, AJ Green is a start, but it's a brutal matchup. And I, I like Tyler Boyd a lot. He does have a better matchup in the slot than AJ green does outside. I'm off all the other Bengals wide receivers in week one, the bucks and saints stay away from Mike Evans play Gronk though. I like Gronk a lot. Stay away from that backfield. Stay away from Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette and don't play Mike Evans. Please, please don't play Mike Evans. He had a zero for zero against the saints last season. I don't trust that whatsoever. Alvin Kamara coming off the massive contract extension, obviously in your lineup, uh, Michael Thomas, obviously, in your lineup. I don't hate Emmanuel Sanders or Jared Cook. Uh, thank you guys so much. I still got a few matchups to get to. I can go th- through those on Twitter with you guys. Follow me on Twitter at Steven Serta. Uh, text line six nine one three five seven six seven six ten. Send me your questions. And Jay Binkley coming up next. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Mitchell.